Welcome to Stacy on the Right, the podcast. Brought to you by the Alliance for Shared Health. Changing healthcare, changing lives. Guess what? We're going to talk about food <laughs> and restaurants and so much more with one of my buddies, Chef Andrew Gruel. He's an American chef, television personality. He was a judge on Food Network's Food Truck Face-Off. He's the founder, CEO, and executive chef of Slapfish Restaurant, which is a seafood restaurant franchise based out of Huntington Beach, California. He's also the creator of the 86 Restaurant Struggle, which is a fund that is helping struggling and out-of-work restaurant workers. Um, He's raised over $420,000 that he is redistributing to restaurant workers in need, and I am so excited to have Andrew Gruel with us today. Hey, Chef. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay, so let's 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 get into this first off. Um, if people are not following Andrew on Twitter, you're missing all of the seafood sandwiches, which apparently are now a breakfast food, and I'm here for it. Um, I will frequently see these sandwiches and feel guilty and then uh, push the guilt down, retweet the images because there's nothing better than having your scroll interrupted by delicious looking food. He is at Chef Gruel on Twitter, C-H-E-F-G-R-U-E-L. You've got to check out his feed. So Chef, first off, let's just start off by talking about um, your restaurants and what the restaurants, what type of food they provide and, and what the atmosphere is. So all of my restaurants are fast casual. And what that means is really that's a system where you kind of order at the counter, you pay, and then your food is delivered to you. You can then order more. You can, uh, you know, have drinks thereafter. We typically have beer and wine in our restaurants. But the goal of setting it up in such a way was to be able to cut back on a little bit of the labor model, but also give the customer the opportunity to just pay and leave when they want. Um, It's a bit more comfortable, approachable. Uh, but also we focus on uh, the quality of fine dining, but at that cost and convenience of faster food. I love that. So that, and that to me is, is a little bit fun. It's kind of like, you know, you're a little more casual, but you still get an amazing quality of food. And one of your specialties is seafood. You, you post a lot of images of lobster and shrimp and crab and different things that um, are, are often considered to be more pricey, but you use them routinely in your dishes. Correct. And, um, you know, when it comes to seafood, that was uh, that's obviously our passion, cornerstone of our restaurants. And we buy from the source directly. That's how we can buy as much lobster as we do and a lot of the other species that we bring in, cutting out the middlemen and then selling them at approachable prices. So all the seafood you get at our restaurants is the same that you would get at a Ritz-Carlton, at any of your fine dining restaurants. Um, we work with the best of the best. It's all sashimi quality when that is available um, and or, uh, you know, fully transparent in regards to the chain of custody. We know where it's coming from, how it was caught, who caught it, when they caught it, et cetera. Okay. So let's talk about a couple of your favorite dishes that, and, and I know for people who are listening, this may be unfair, but it's really not because you need to hear this. I love the fact that you, uh, we, you and I had a, a long-ranging discussion about what to cook for July the 4th, but now we're past that, but it's still summer and people are still trying out new things on the grill and new dishes. So what's one of your favorite things to put together at home? Um, you know, I, gosh, I love grilling seafood. I also love just in general grilling anything in the summertime. So for example, yesterday I made a little salad where I threw some peaches on the grill. I grilled that through, 
threw some avocado in there, goat cheese, uh, sherry vinaigrette. And I did a cooking demo with a friend of mine. We were doing some live cooking and I actually grilled a par cooked lobster. But as I had mentioned, when I was doing this live cooking demo, I said, I really love doing this more with shrimp than lobster. Sometimes lobster is a vanity play, but I, but I truly love the texture and the flavor of a real high quality sweet shrimp. So a little grilled shrimp roll with a grilled peach salad, maybe some arugula and spinach as the base. That's the perfect summer meal. Oh, that sounds so yummy. Okay, so let's talk now about the. And this is one of my favorite things when someone, uh, you know, of power and influence who is successful takes some time out of what they're doing to gather together a bunch of people from across the country under the banner of helping a group of individuals who are kind of left out in the wind. And that is our restaurants and restaurant workers. And so that's what you did with 86 Restaurant Struggle. How did you come to create 86 Restaurant Struggle? And what are you hoping to accomplish with it? Well, I should start back when I opened my first food truck, which was the preface to the restaurant. Um, The only reason I wanted to get into owning my own business was so that I could help other people, right? I this is an industry where people, workers are not paid well, not necessarily treated well. It's known for having a lot of big egos and bravado and being this hot and hostile environment. And look, that's fun sometimes, right? When it's a band of pirates cooking long hours in the kitchen, I call it. But at the end of the day, we wanted to be able to give back. So built into our DNA as a business, we always work very closely with various organizations in order to who specifically here in Southern California, break the cycle of homelessness amongst women and children and provide food for people. Food is the great unifier. No matter what the topic, no matter who it is, people come together over food. And one of the saddest things for me growing up was ever seeing anybody hungry. Um, and I and I learned at an early age from, from parents who taught and instilled really good values that you always give what you have. Um, and, and food is at the front of that. So, um, Sorry for the soliloquy, but that kind of led into when the pandemic started, our immediate reaction, my wife and I was, okay, well, we have to keep the restaurants open to keep the employees on board um, and pay them out of our pockets if we have to, but also to help feed other people. So we started feeding children who couldn't go to school anymore because those were their meals, right? A lot of times that public school lunch is the only meal or the best meal a lot of kids get during the day. So we said kids eat free 24-7, three meals a day. Um, If we have to open up at two in the morning to feed somebody, we will. But then when the pandemic started with the open, close, open, close, what we noticed here in California was that each time they shut down the industry, people were then forced into unemployment. But the unemployment system was broken, as many of these large bureaucratic programs are. And people stopped getting benefits because the demand was so high to the degree that they just couldn't get any money. So when they shut down outdoor dining in Southern California in the end of November and December, it was going into the holidays. It was at a time where people had just come back to work um, and they were unable to get benefits through the summertime. And now suddenly they had no job. And the governor said, oh, and by the way, you can't get unemployment benefits because we misappropriated 30 to $40 billion of funds and we're awaiting federal funds in order to replenish those coffers. So you have people with can't pay electric bills, can't pay rent, can't put food on the table, can't buy Christmas gifts for their kids. So we set out just to try and help a handful of these families, many of which we knew to raise money um, to help them. Uh, I wish I could say that I had hundreds of thousands of dollars to just give out of my own pocket. If I did, I would, but we weren't able to do so. So we tried just banging the drum and raising funds in order to help a lot of these struggling restaurant workers and their families 
Um, and a lot of small business owners as well who are kind of one-off owner-operators. Perhaps they ran a food truck, a catering company, a cafe. Um, they were hurting just as hard because a lot of them were being rejected uh, by the PPP process because they weren't necessarily big enough or they didn't hit certain thresholds. So we started with the goal of raising $5,000. And uh, within like three days, we were over $100,000. And it just morphed into its own project and its own you know beast. And I say that in a good way. But, um, you know, we're still incredibly grateful for everybody who helped through that process. I love it. I love a a success story. I love it when a plan comes together. So what ends up happening for those who are are getting, um, it says checks and electronic platforms for people who've either lost their job or in need of a small leg leg up to cover their bills. Um, What has the response been so far for those who've been helped? Everybody has been just incredibly grateful and they've paid it forward. Right. And that's the coolest thing about this. I think I had mentioned this when we, you and I chatted a, a, another, another time that, for example, one of the businesses that was a um, food truck owner who was not able to survive, we raised and gave him about five or $6,000. And he has since reopened and donated all of the tips that they get on the food truck back to the fund to help other people. So he's even paid above and beyond what we gave out to him to keep him alive. And there's a lot of stories like that. I've had people who we helped out who have now gotten jobs and have been able to save money and they've come back and donated back to the fund itself. I love that. And that is kind of the spirit of what helping other people does because when a person is in need and they're helped, the gratitude that they have will often propel them to help someone else. And that is the driver behind philanthropy and behind uh, so much of what we see in, in our world it starts with one person helping someone else and then the ripple effect, you, you know, we're, we're usually on the, the end where we see someone helping someone else. We don't realize how many other people led to that particular act of kindness and service. So this is fantastic. Yeah. And, and that, that's what we've seen um, in real life. And so it's kind of nice to, to have the actual anecdotal uh, evidence, if you will, that proves that point. <laughs> yeah, I think we we just we don't we just take it for granted. And you mentioned, you know, you said, oh, sorry for the soliloquy. That's what's needed here, Chef Gruel. We need the soliloquies. We need the inspiration to spur us on to help someone in our own area, in our own way. Well, I'm I'm here to chat. So uh, you know, <laughs> my wife tells me don't talk so much, but thank you for the platform. <laughs> well, we love it. I, I actually think it's fantastic when we chat on Sirius XM. That is so much fun. And now we're here on the podcast. So let's talk a little bit about the restaurant industry writ large as it pertains to you're in California. Have you know, since the fourth, when that was supposed to be the official reopening of America, have you seen loosening of the restrictions? Are, are all of the restaurants open again? Our restaurants are open again. We're in Orange County, and um, we are at full capacity. However, um, I have been making my rounds talking about the fact that now that they've reintroduced mass mandates in Los Angeles County, Pasadena, um, they, they seem to be signaling the idea that perhaps there are more shutdowns to come. Um, and I kind of predicted that a while ago because I said, look, you know, when we have these issues hiring team members, which we all know employment and labor has been a topic in the press and across the businesses in America because there's been a difficult um, uphill battle bringing employees back from unemployment. And people said, you know, they point fingers, they say, oh, well, they're lazy and they're just living off the government. And in some cases, that might be that might be, you know, a situation. But what I've seen is that a lot of people aren't coming back 
to the restaurant industry here in California because they've told me we fear the shutdowns again. And we went so long without unemployment benefits, right, which is the reason why we started 86 Restaurant Struggle, that if I'm getting the benefits right now and I'm watching the leaders signal that they're going to shut us down by reintroducing mask mandates, even if you're vaccinated, et cetera, then how do I know they're not going to shut me down and I'm going to lose the benefits like I did the five times previous last year? Um, so it makes sense. And that's unfortunately what we're seeing throughout California. So are these restaurant owners who they're basically saying we're not going to reopen here and they're maybe looking at uh, Nevada or Florida or Texas to, to reopen their businesses or had, what are they, what are their plans? Well, I think a lot of people are moving out of state and they're going into more business friendly environments. Some are just shutting down. I mean, we actually lost a restaurant that my wife and I had started right before the pandemic, um, you know, just because of the, the, the pressure, right? When you when you haven't built up enough kind of brand equity to survive through this or even sales run in order to be able to garner some of these loans and opportunities that are available for struggling businesses, you have no choice but to shut down. And then you're kind of forgotten about, right? You know, we talk about all the businesses moving forward and how they're going to survive, but we forget that one out of every four or five restaurants shut down in America um, and in California during the pandemic and are just totally forgotten about. Um, There's no programs or there's no means by which those people can reactivate their businesses. Mm. Well, that's, that's, so the unfortunate reality of the pandemic is that we've learned all the ways in which government can actually destroy the livelihoods of Americans. And my my hope and prayer is that we will take the lessons from this pandemic and we will work as hard as we can, wherever we can, to stop this from ever being our normal again. Um, I, I think what you're doing with the 86 restaurant struggle is exactly what's needed for those of us that can Um you know, raise money to help people. How can people contribute if they're interested in being a part of the 86 Restaurant Struggle? Where do they go? What do they do? Uh, they can go to our website, which is 86thenumberstruggle.com, and there's information up there. Or even just swing by any of our restaurants. Um, you know, we've got items on the menu where you can kind of donate and then get one of the items in exchange, right? We're trying to incentivize. We don't want to just grift for handouts. We want to be able to also give back to those who have helped us. So there's, um, yeah, if you, or if you just follow me on social, I'm constantly changing the means and methods by which we're trying to just help various pockets of the community as well. And, and you can keep updated in that manner. Hmm, fantastic. Okay, so he's at Chef Gruel on Twitter. You will thank me later for all of the images of fantastic foods that you'll have to try to replicate at home in your own kitchen, unless you're in one of the locations where you can go to Slapfish restaurants and enjoy the food in person. Chef Gruel, I love it when we get to chat. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. It's always great. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Talk to you again soon over on Sirius. So let me tell you one more quick thing before we end our podcast today, and that is about the Alliance for Shared Health. You can join over 40,000 households in sharing in your financial burdens of healthcare expenses, including needs sharing for critical illness, accidents, dental, and vision. Accessing the virtual care provider at zero cost, using a share prescription card to access the pharmacy, ordering lab and imaging tests at discounts of up to 80%. Open enrollment is now, so don't miss it on the chance to save 50 to 70% on your monthly premiums while making a difference in the lives of others who share your values. Reach out to Ash today and head over to StacyOnTheRight.com, click the banner ad, and sign up now. That's StacyOnTheRight.com. Click the banner ad and start sharing and saving today. 
The Alliance for Shared Health, changing healthcare, changing lives. Another one for the books. Get in the pew this weekend. Enjoy. And I'll talk to you again soon. StacyOnTheRight.com.